Hey, what's going on, Ramble Force? Chris Gamble here from the Digital Ramble, joined as always by my co-host in Houston, Texas, JJ. What's happening, Chris Gamble and Digital Ramblers? I hope y'all had an amazing weekend. Man, I'm fired up about today's show. I know, we've kind of ripped up the script again. We're freestyling it this week. You, You know, there was so much fuego, so much fire on the socials this weekend that we just couldn't turn our head. You know, we got we got a lot of clients out there, or not clients of ours necessarily, but we're seeing a lot of posts about bad tech installs, you know, and people are wondering, what, what can I do about it? Yeah, this is a, a tech virus that's spreading, and it's a horrible one. It's taking over people's closets. It's, it's disrupting people's home life. It's causing a lot of frustration when people have bad technology installations. Yeah, we're going to be putting up some pictures for those that are joining us on Facebook and YouTube. We're going to put up some pictures of what, you know, is a bad tech install. It's obvious. It's obvious. And then also the the flip side of some images of what you can expect from a good installation. And then there's a bunch of different things that are associated with a good install that you should expect from your home technology provider. And so we're going to dive deep into that today. Yeah, so stay tuned for all that. We'll also have a cannon fire at the end. Appreciate everyone that tuned in last week with another awesome top five episode where we tackled the top five smart TVs. Uh, and we've got a really good reaction to that again. Remember, you can catch up with the Digital Ramble on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and also across 11 different podcast platforms. And, and that's the most convenient place, I feel, to, to catch up with the Digital Ramble every week. Yeah, absolutely. And for those of y'all that are interested in knowing more about the show, check out our website at digitalrambleshow.com. And uh, we appreciate everybody that, that engages with us on a weekly basis. And it's super easy. Just down below, type in some comments, engage, ask us some questions. If there's something that you want to hear us discuss or maybe try to hash out, drop, it, drop us a line and let us know. Sure. You know, what makes us almost qualified to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight is we're both industry vet- veterans. Myself, based in the U.K., I run a business called Customized smart home installation professionals with over a decade of experience and we've seen the worst we've seen the best uh, and you know we've changed our business we, we we know that we have to adapt and be more flexible and friendly to what the customers are needing and but we've seen it all and um we're still here we're still going strong over here in the uk yeah and i'm jj cannon here in the houston texas area digital delight is my integration firm i've been at it for 21 years and uh, we've seen all kinds of different type of technology come and go throughout the years and just really enjoy creating some incredible experiences uh, by using technology to, to help clients out, make their life easier, manage their properties, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. Right, JJ, let's get into episode 62. We're going to talk about some bad tech installations. All right, Mike, hit that button. All right, friends, thank you to all of our Patreons that contribute to the show on a monthly basis. If you would like to help contribute to the show, please go to patreon.com forward slash the digital ramble. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can help keep this show afloat and going. We greatly appreciate you. You know, JJ, I'm not just a Monday to Friday social media user. I'm active. 
27, if that, if that makes sense. I'm on it a lot. And at the weekends, I put my usual posts out in the morning, LinkedIn, Instagram stories, start dropping some, some social media there. I caught some images on a number of platforms that made me stop, stare, shake my head in kind of dismay uh, because in front of me was another badly installed, almost as if stuff had been thrown into a, yeah. to a cupboard, thrown into a rack, thrown into a lighting panel. We're talking about mains powered devices here, lighting. And it looked like it had just been spewed out into this cupboard. And, and I read the description, you know, homeowner exasperated with previous installation, uh, didn't know what to do, found another local professional, but unfortunately he's got to carry the, the cost and the, and the, you know, the, the additional time to, to try and rectify what had been done in the first place. And they thought they'd hired a pro in the first place. Gamble, we're going to throw up a couple of images and I'm going to put up this first ugly one here and it's showing two small racks and the wires are just everywhere and you can't figure, and it, it does look like there's a couple of labels on the wires, but it's just completely unmanageable with these two, uh, two small, uh, racks. And, you know, Can I, I just I, say that this, this is not the images I saw at the yeah, weekend. No, we're no, not, we're no, not showing not. what was on social media and we're not, we're not naming and shaming people here. This is not to out people or it's not to, um, you know, hero worship somebody that's, that's taken it over the, we're just seeing this trend occurring too often now. Yeah, and this other one, the second ugly picture that I got up here is is a taller rack. And again, it's the same type of, of return that we see. Then um, and, and yeah, these aren't the pictures that, that we were seeing on on um, on social media, but these are pictures that of and, and instances that we actually uh, come across on almost a, mm. a weekly, sometimes biweekly. <laughs> basis it's it's pretty tough gamble why do you think it is why do you think this happens uh you know to to clients that that make these investments and these aren't cheap investments i mean these are some they're they're throwing down some serious money to try to improve you know the the management of their house uh, the enjoyment of their house and they, and they want to just watch television they want to enjoy music they want to control the lights but why are we seeing this I think there can be a, obviously a number of reasons, but there's some really obvious reasons which, you know, maybe out of the control of of the installer. Let's 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 go from the side of the installer. Has there been a disagreement with the client? Possibly, people fall out, especially during these tense projects where there's deadlines to meet and and things are maybe not going well in other parts of the project. So there can be a genuine falling out and a parting of ways, and, and the installer never got to finish. A project that's happened. You must have you must have come across that JJ where there's there's just a fallout, uh, and what happens then? The, the relationship turns sour. Things don't get finished. It could could be a scenario in a in a home tech installation. Yeah, we we've um, come across these, and and a lot of the times, some of these installation firms might not have the the appropriate training, and it's not product that they can't purchase i mean in, anybody that's in our industry can purchase these products but having that longevity that d 
deep dive understanding of how to truly make these devices perform can honestly be pretty challenging. I mean, there's uh, uh, there's some manufacturers that it's ongoing uh, education that you have to take. And even those ongoing educations sometimes is, is challenging for technicians to stay on top of. I'm, I, I don't want to call any manufacturers out, but there's some of them that the, the quality of, a, of the programmer that you need has to be of a premium level or, or that product's just not going to function to its best performance. Yeah, and, and that, that comes really on this part of the, the homeowner needs to do the research. Uh, you know, it's easy to think that you can hire maybe somebody based on price or maybe just a simple referral from somebody that, that had some work done before but was it as advanced as what you were needing. Has this company got a track record of delivering projects of the scale that you might be needing them? You know, that's where referrals, yeah, uh, case studies, um, ask them to, to maybe take you along to a project. Maybe they have a showroom, see the quality of their, their own facilities. Uh, but ultimately, you know, shop around, ask for these case studies and, and referrals and references and, and, and make a judgment not just based on price because, unfortunately, in this game, you know, buy cheap, definitely buy twice. You know, one thing about these projects that, that we see like this, Gamble, and we also talked about it earlier before before uh, hitting record, is that a lot of these projects have been there for four or five, six years, and mm-hmm. and the clients are just so frustrated with trying to figure out what to do about it. And one thing that we have different now than what we had in the past is that is that research, the ability to easily research maybe that firm that you're considering hiring for for the technology in your home uh reviews are are huge um we we, our firm digital delight really bases a lot of our uh and values our clients experience and encourage them to to write reviews about about our firm you also there's a lot of social aspects and you can really easily look out there and see if they've got anything on YouTube or maybe on Instagram or on Facebook and just see what their participation is. I mean, everybody should be participating in social media, especially if they're a technology firm. I mean, social media is tech. There should be some pictures up there that you can at least see what kind of projects that they're, that they're working with and maybe that they've deployed. And then also the credentials, you know, yeah. uh, time is time is a big one. How long have they been in business? What kind of certifications might they have? How many jobs have they done? You know, with this type of solution, and you know, you can you can call and ask for uh, referrals. Of course, you're going to get the good referrals, um, but but ask around. A lot of firms um, might have a, a good track record, or you know, be leaving breadcrumbs behind them, and and you'll know real quick if that's a reliable firm to, that you can count on. Yeah. You know, one of the scenarios that I've seen in the past, maybe not so much recently because I think people have, you know, started to gather their experience and started to have a number of years in this industry, but it's it's businesses taking on projects like these big rack-based systems too soon. They're not experienced enough. They've not done them. They think they can just step up a level and be these awesome um tech managers and, and curate these beautifully put together racks with 
every cable traceable and fastened neatly and labeled and tested, that is a labor of love. That needs manpower. It needs a lot of time. And it needs a lot of experience. You can't just have a go at this. You can't use customers' homes as test beds or trial areas. You have to have a good track record of doing these 19-inch racks, these large, as tall as a as tall as a six-foot man racks. These things are huge, and if you start not dealing with those wires correctly at the start, it will very quickly turn into that spider's web that you see in some of these images that JJ is putting up. Yeah, and I'm going to put up this third ugly image gamble. And and what's interesting about this one is is that there's a rack there or a skeleton of a rack, and they just set all the gear on the box yeah, to the right. I like that one. I like that <laughs> To the right. And you got wires going everywhere. Um, and they're not even using all the all the wires that that have been ran throughout this home. You know, we talked about pre-wiring appropriately, and there there's definitely a need for pre-wiring appropriately. But, I mean, no surge protection used, plugging straight into the electrical outlet, modem stacked you know, it's just it's just yeah, what, JJ, what what do you think brands like i think in that picture pioneer is the the av receiver the amplifier what do pioneer think when they see their product displayed in such a way what if a, a homeowner starts to take photographs of their smart home installation their home tech installation and, and plastered across it was pioneer you know how do manufacturers feel about this, whether it's the, the audio manufacturer, the video distribution, the networking equipment? It's their brand plastered over everything. So they get a lot of the, the flack as well. Right. You know, whether it's, say, a customer, you know, they, they might have a real sour taste about, uh, throw a few names out, Crestron, Control 4, Lutron, Savant, all these custom products. If they're installed badly, it takes a huge uh, impact on on that brand not always on the installer well i mean not always on the installer i mean they could just say like this fourth image it just doesn't work you know i mean this stuff doesn't work and they're looking at the brand names whether it's a network manufacturer if it's a surround sound receiver manufacturer the control manufacturer i mean the the names are are proudly plastered all over the face of this stuff so whenever it's put into into a system the client can see exactly who it is and and that make that's a major turnoff and they might not necessarily consider the technician i mean in these installations it's very obvious that it might be the the installation firm that that did the install and it's done incorrectly i mean those the wires that we're looking at, Gamble, is just a nest of freaking wires. Uh, wires should be managed. Wires should be labeled. Wires should be cut to the appropriate length. They should be set firmly into whatever device that that they are going into. Uh, those are the basics. Uh, the, the The system should be velcroed, not zip tied. You know, so so you can easily manage those wires. Do you know what, what's Often the outcome when something like this is discovered by another installation professional, the reality is all this work that was done before is typically taken apart and has to be started again. You can't, you know, try and thread a new cable in or try and tidy up shelf by shelf. You have got to 
strip that rack down, document all the devices. Everything has to be start to be labeled, worked out. What shelf am I going to put this? What area am I going to put this? What's the hottest device? What's the heaviest device? There's, there is an art to building a rack and, and there's training available. And this is where it's, it's frustrating because companies could invest a small amount in, in comparison to what the cost of these projects are, a small amount in the training, you know, and how to, how to dress a rack, how to, how to create a rack, um, which takes into account thermal management, takes into account position of equipment, takes into account dealing with cabling and, and the right things like you talked about, fastening cables, uh, you know, cable length, um, surge protection, all these kind of things that you need in a rack. And I think it all boils down to planning and documentation. That's a key for these type of installations. You know, one of the, one of the questions that I posed earlier, Gamble, is why does this happen? And I think a yeah. lot of the time companies they underestimate just so that they can that they can win the job and and reality yeah. starts to set in, you know, a little bit into the job and they realize that that all they care about is let's get it up and running and get out because they're starting to hemorrhage hemorrhage resources of what they, you know, said that this system should cost. And whenever these systems and gamble, I mean, I, I'll, I'll pull up this uh, this nice image one, uh, and this is this is a project that that has a variety. It has a control system in it. It has the amplifiers in it. It has a video distribution in it, and and you really can't see the wires on the backside of this one. It's not fair. But if I if we go to uh, the nice number three. You can kind of see how there is a little bit more wire management, you know, associated with this. And that takes time, you know, to be able to do it as well as a, some understanding of what goes where and why. And and those types of expectations need to be set on the front end for, for the clients that, you know, there is time associated with doing this the right way. And our estimation to do it the correct way is X amount of, of time. Uh, that might lapse. There might be something. And gambling these systems, it never fails. Oh, can you also do this? Which is, which is really a change order and, mm. and needs to be addressed as, as a change order. And needs to be billed separately. For us, Gamble, we're like, let us finish what what we originally set out to do. And then once that is completed wholeheartedly, then we will expand and add on whatever the new changes or desires might, might be for that job. But I, I think a lot of it is underestimated. And, client, and you know, inst integration firms get in a hurry. And they're trying to just get out of there real quick, as well as being undereducated. Well, listen, pro projects overrun, and that's a challenge for any tradesperson uh, to try and juggle the current job and the next one that's starting. I, I can totally empathize with that. Right? And I've got empathy for some of these installations that go bad because I know there's a lot of pressure under these small businesses. Um, but one one thing that I was thinking about that, might be a, a very simple question for a, a homeowner to ask, if, especially if they're getting these big rack-based systems. Do you build your racks in my house or 
in your premises, in your office, in your, your storeroom, your warehouse. I also think it's a good indication that this business is serious about their racks if they're building them off-site. Mm-hmm. You know, for my business, we're not into racks. It's just not what we do. But I've always felt that if I was, and we did it in the past, we would build these things away from the project and have them delivered, ready to connect to power, the internet service provider, the satellite and aerial connections. But the rack would be prepared. It would be ready, thought about, managed, ready to be delivered when it's needed. Sometimes these racks turn up too soon and things start getting put into it whilst you're on site and the, there's not the, the, the room or access or time to, to get everything in nicely. That You start rushing, you start putting these things in, especially cable boxes and things like that where they're just, oh, I want an extra one for the bedroom, an extra one for the, the games room. The extra one. They start stacking up on each other. Then, then you can just rip that plan up. You know, you, you've lost, you've lost, you've lost the game when you start um, throwing stuff into racks. Yeah, and back in the day, gamble. Whenever we were doing racks as well, and we stopped doing racks about five years ago, we just found a better way to design and engineer these systems than using racks. And uh, man, we we used to program them, test them all at, at the shop before they left the shop. We'd hire a piano moving company to come move these racks because these racks were hundreds of pounds, yeah. you know, and sometimes they had to go upstairs. And so there was a there was an additional ex- investment for that as well. But then once we get them on site, if a client wanted to change something, man, it was it was. It was a feat, not only in the programming, but where are we going to squeeze this extra box? You know, everything was already designed and well thought out and and. um so we've gone to we've gone to a little bit different uh, approach, different method. Uh, this is not our our best picture by any means, but I have a nice number four where we took a rack out, and we siloed this project and, and put some amps on the back wall for for a client. But everything was easily accessible and manageable with a, a DVR and network switch and a little bit of Wi-Fi and some amps and a, and a search protector. And it from what the client started out with versus what it turned into, the client absolutely loved, you know, going this direction because they finally could use it. And one of these other images that, that I showed you, one of these ugly images is what it started out as. And this is what it what it eventually turned turned into be was this nice, nice, this fourth nice image that, that we got here. You know, one of the things that just screamed at me from that images I saw at the weekend was the the way the the lighting system was installed. And I know we don't have any images of this, but lighting, power, electrics. Why has that work not been carried out in accordance with with regulations? Why has it not been given the time that it's needed? This is an essential service. We're not talking about speakers, TVs music systems and all that fun stuff. We're talking about the lights to a home. The High essential voltage. service. Essential service. The, this thing was outrageous. And I'm not a, I'm not an electrician by trade, but I know looking at that, that electricians this weekend were spitting out their cornflakes when they would have seen that in the morning. You know, if they came across that on LinkedIn, they would have they would have been enraged to see that somebody has has presented that kind of work 
it's just horrible. And I, I can't imagine what um, the amount of work that needs to go into dealing with that, never mind the audiovisual and the entertainment system. Mm. Crucial services, essential services to the home being treated like that. Um, you're just asking for a, a disaster, like a real life-threatening disaster when, when you see things like that. You know, we we are uh, certified with uh, Lutron Gamble, but we collaborate with electricians. You know, we're, we're not electricians and don't necessarily claim to don't claim to be one at all. But whenever we have these highly engineered lighting control panels, whether it's like a homeworks or something like that, we collaborate with an electrician and design it for the electrician because a lot of times the electricians, at least here in the States, don't necessarily know what they're doing whenever it comes to lighting control by any means. So we design schematics for them, uh, do consultations as they are doing the wiring for the projects, make sure everything is labeled out so that when it does come time for us to do the programming aspect of it, it everything is very detailed and understandable. Uh, for for uh, for the homeowner, once the electrician or myself might or our firm might leave. So JJ, t- let's let's think about as a takeaway for people watching this episode. What are the key things that you should be as the homeowner if you have say you've moved into a house or you've had a lot of work done to your house and you've had this area where there's a rack and a, and a lighting panel and a few other things for technology that's just looks dodgy does not look right looks like a mess what should you be doing and what should you be doing if you've fallen out with your integrator and you're looking for for an alternative or somebody to come rescue this you know uh one one option is what we discussed a little earlier you can do some self-discovery and seek out people on google check out their reviews check them out on uh, social media platforms that's one thing that you can do Another thing is is that you can do a follow-up call with the manufacturer themselves. A lot of the times the manufacturer will have a list of installers that that buy high volume and they know that they have longevity in the business and provide a reliable service. Those are those are a couple yeah. just off the top of my head. I'm a big fan of that. I think you might be um, chasing shadows, or it might feel like that if you're trying to get that previous installer to, to come back, and things might not have turned out well for that business, and, and you might never hear from them again. The first port of call should be the manufacturers. The names on those panels and racks and shelves, find out who are these companies, because I'm telling you, you might not have known what you were getting in the first place. You might have asked for multi-room music, um, video in every room, TV in every room. But did you know that the brand was X, Y, or Z? So find out who the brand was, speak to them. I'm sure they'll have a representative in your country, in your region. Get them to come out (laughs) because they'll be horrified to see this. So, and then start the the search for the replacement, the, the, the new installation professional who's unfortunately gonna charge you money for this. It wasn't like, it's not a freebie to undo somebody else's work. It's actually going to be a, a big challenge for this business to come in and take over this. So speak to manufacturer, identify a certified, verified, and, and referred installation professional to take this over. And lastly, if, if you want to go a step further, drop 
us a comment down below and ask. We know people all over the globe that can assist you with any technology challenges that, that you might have. I mean, we know people everywhere. So please don't hesitate to, to ask the Digital Ramble. Excellent. So, JJ, one thing that is on script this week is we've got another cannon fire. Have you got something for me this week? Man, you know what? We're kind of cutting it a little close here on okay. on uh, on our episode and cannon fire. If I can, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my powder dry, and okay. and we're gonna wait till next week for to blast off the cannons if that's all right. Yeah. So then I'm just gonna fill that very quickly. 30th of March, we've got a recording with Lutron. Mm. So a couple of days after that, first look out for that episode at the start of April. There'll be a Lutron special from the Digital Ramble. Dude, I am so fired up to have Lutron, you know, on the show, and and oh, yeah. and it's from uh, uh, Experience Center in yeah. London. Is yeah, is that in London? Yeah, right in central London. Oh, it's gonna gosh. be awesome. This place is like so, Disneyland for lighting. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's just an absolutely gorgeous uh, showroom that Lutron and Experience Center that they put together over there, and so really excited about having them on the show. Yeah, they are as well, and they're looking forward to talking about what's new uh, with with Lutron from both sides, U.S. and U.K. perspective. Yeah, Digital Ramblers, thank you so much for joining us again for this episode. And if you would be so kind, please like, please share our content. If you got a question, drop a comment down below. Let us know what your thoughts are on what you know Chris and I've been doing here for the past year and a half, and. Um, you know, if you don't know, hire yourself a home tech pro. Every month, the Digital Ramble will receive a regular source of income from supporters who've pledged through Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, having your ongoing support means we spend less time thinking about business and more time creating quality content for you. Customize, based in Norfolk, England, are proud sponsors of the Digital Ramble. Check out our all set up services. It's smart home installation with ease. Customize.uk.com. If you're looking to make your basic home smart, check out digitaldelight.com forward slash shop where they have a variety of different smart home technology solutions that help make smart home shopping easy for you. Check out digitaldelight.com forward slash shop.